I'm excited about what God is going to do today. I didn't sleep last night thinking about it. And so I'm excited, but I was a little tired and it was a little hard to get here. But now that I'm here, now that I'm here and God is already here, healing is in the house. Healing is here. I posted on Facebook, I said, healing is here because the healer is here. The healer is here because we're taking it back. See, we've gone through two years of illness and diagnoses and, and strange illnesses that people haven't even heard of before, and we're taking it back. The church is taking back healing for its people, and if we get healed, then we can go give it away to everybody else that needs it. And so today, I'm actually going to re-preach some excerpts from a message I preached 10 years ago in 2012. And we've got four men who are also going to be sharing this podium today. One's in their 20s, one's in their 30s, one's in their 40s, and one is nearly 89. So I know you can guess one. All right. <laughs> because whatever God says, Alan ended with this last week, whatever God says, do it. Now, that's my favorite scripture, John 2, 5. Whatever he says, do you do it? And on Monday, we were in here doing some stuff and working on the microphones, and, and, and Easy was on one of them. And I believe that God said that what we're supposed to do is what we're going to do today. Now, at the top of my notes from that August 2012 sermon, it actually said, Alan, Alan's sermon last week was really excellent. <laughs> and I can actually say that again. Alan's sermon last week was really excellent. It was prophetic. It was powerful. You know, it's not easy to lead worship every week and then do that too, but rise, renew, resolute. But see, we've had awesome messages, awesome messages. Alan's on pastoral staff. That was an awesome message. John, Sabata, Kirk, Cammie, the preaching team, awesome messages. But in addition to the awesome messages, God has been moving in our midst during worship while people are sitting in their seat at the altar when they come up and you don't even know what they're getting prayer for and they get an answer in the hallway, by the bathroom, at the water fountain, after service, at lunch. God has been moving even during the week. He moves during the week. Did you know that? And so I don't want you to miss out on any of it. And so I want to start by taking you back. And I'm going to take you back to January 2012. I was in Bogota, Colombia. John opened the door. I said, you know, I've never forced my way in a door, but I like it when men open doors. And John opened a door for me to minister in Columbia, and I probably went a total of seven or eight different trips over a period of time. And I was in Bogota, Colombia, and I was scheduled to preach nine times in seven days. Nine times in seven days, and that's a lot. But I came prepared, and I had my notes. I used notes. Not all the preaching team does. I do. I don't apologize for that. So I was ready. But then the pastor came to me on a Friday, and he said, we've got about five or 600 people. It was a church of about 1,500. We've got about five or 600 people, and they're going to be fasting and praying all night. We do this once a month, and they're going to fast and pray all Friday night, and we'd like you to cap it off on Saturday morning with a message about 10 a.m. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I only have nine sermons, not 10. What am I going to do? And I'm like, uh, okay, pastor, okay. And I went back to my little room, and I start flipping through my Bible, and I'm flipping and flipping and going, God, I can't do this. I mean, I need notes. Should I, should I call home and tell them to, 
to like uh, email me some extra notes. What am I going to do? I can't do this. I don't really have anything. I go, okay, God, you show me something. I'm flipping, I'm flipping. Nothing seems to stand out to me. I just sort of started doing this in my Bible. This is a Bible I've had since 1983. And as I turned one page, this little bookmark was there, and I was getting ready to move it out of the way, and God said, preach the bookmark. And the bookmark is entitled, God's Will is Health. And it has nine ways you can receive healing. And I'm like, God, I can't do that. That's Easy's domain. Like, Easy preaches on healing. Easy, for the first several years of our marriage, every weekend we went somewhere and he ministered to people. He gave his testimony and he would call out words of knowledge and call out illnesses and, and pray for people and, and tell them where they were three days ago and what happened to their knee. And we would see people get healed. We saw people get out of wheelchairs. We had reports of people tell us that cancerous tumors left. We had illnesses leave right before our very eye in, in, the, in the service. People were in pain, and then they weren't in pain. We saw it regularly. And I said, well, that's Easy's domain, not really mine. And God said, what did I say? Preach the bookmark. <laughs> so I went up without my normal notes and with just a bookmark <laughs> to the podium in Columbia that Saturday morning at 10 a.m. And, you know, the truth is that in the area of healing, there is so much sentimental thought that even as Christians we can get into. There's so much double-mindedness on this topic. And the Bible states clearly that double-mindedness basically produces nothing. And one minute we believe, okay? But then the next minute we don't. And if we have a victory, we testify about it. But then if we lose a battle, we're, we're not sure what to think and we don't know what to say. And then the devil begins to erode away at our faith. And sometimes we find ourselves pulled to and fro. And without even realizing it, we start to rely on intellect, on looking at circumstances, on reasoning, on analysis of every symptom, on a host of other things that oppose simple childlike faith. So in Columbia, as I walked onto the platform that Saturday morning, God gave me a thought. It helps when God gives you a thought. And there were these hundreds and hundreds of people who had been there, you know, praying since 6 p.m. the day before. And it was a huge building, and it, it housed at one time a large automobile dealership, and they converted it into a church. And it had second-story classrooms, and they overlooked the huge showroom area that was now the sanctuary. And I started out by asking them the question with the thought that God gave me. And I said, what if you arrived here at church this morning, and someone had broken out all the windows stopped up the toilets, broken your instruments on stage, ripped open the chair seats, what would you think? And they looked horrified. I said, you would be outraged and you would be upset and you would say, wait, this is a house of God. And they shook their heads, yes. And my translator was translating. And I said, nobody would say, I guess this is God's will. Maybe God wanted this to happen. And they said, no. They just shouted across the room. And I said, yet God cares more about your body, the temple, the very dwelling place of his spirit, than he does about any building anywhere. No brick and mortar, no steel studs, no tilt wall structure anywhere on the face of the earth is as important as your body because your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So it would seem that we place more importance on a physical building than we do on our own physical body. It's just as much God's will to heal your body as it is to save your soul. 
But again, the enemy uses a plethora of means to distort, to dissuade, to discourage, to discredit. We'll hear testimonies of loved ones who never received their healing. Their failed attempt. And that just plays in our mind over and over and over. But see, if you quit praying, if somebody doesn't get healed, nobody else will. We have chronic conditions that some of us have dealt with. And we can't get our victory and we get discouraged. And so it seems easier not to believe than to keep believing. We have symptoms that shout louder or feel stronger than our scripture recitation that we're trying to do. I can remember shouting in my kitchen at the devil when he gave me pictures of me in a wheelchair. Shouting to drown him out. And so it doesn't take long for the very substance by which we appropriate healing, which is simple childlike faith, to be so muted, so dulled, substituted with sentimental reasonings and excuses, that then obtaining the very healing that's already been provided for us becomes so difficult. And then the God's will issue. It looms large. Some people add it to their prayers. We go all unscriptural trying to explain away why stuff doesn't happen. But let me be clear this morning. If infirmity, sickness, pain, disease, debilitating accidents, traumatic body-destroying experiences are God's will, Then the minute you go to a doctor, the minute you take medication, the minute you do therapy, the minute you make a lifestyle adjustment to relieve any of the above, you are opposing God. If it's his will, why are you bucking against it? (laughs) So we, contrary to sometimes what comes out of our mouth, the power that comes out of our mouth, how we phrase a thing, we're not waiting for God to decide if he wants to heal us. Like, he's up there, mm, I don't know, what, what do you think? What, them, not them, I don't, today, tomorrow. It's not like that. Rather, the issue is getting past all these things, all these reasonings, all these intellectual arguments, the mental, the emotional, the physical symptoms, the spiritual demonic strongholds. So these obstacles to receiving what God has already provided and promised as ours. That's the issue. There is no one, no one that God does not want healed. There is no sickness that God wants to remain in you or on you or your loved ones. Now, sometimes it's not just a simple prayer for healing. Cammie's in Victoria this morning, but, you know, and she's on our preaching team. You just don't see her as often. Victoria is a little bit longer, but they're here when they can be. But she had suffered with boils for years, debilitating boils, ugly boils, sometimes as many as 20 at a time, painful boils all over her body. She'd cover them with scarves and high-neck sweaters, and we're praying for healing, we're praying for healing. We'd get a little relief. But one night at a meeting, many of you know this story, Easy just across the room goes, Cammie. And we're like, oh, he's interrupting the prayer. (laughs) Cammie. He goes, in your chemistry class. I'm like, no, honey, she's a microbiology major. In her chemistry class, I I see there was a young man, dark skin, crooked nose, space between his two front teeth. His name was Calm, Calm, Calm. He came, he goes, Calm Lesh. He goes, he put a curse on you. Easy broke the curse, the bull stopped. See, sometimes there's a cause, but God is all about the solution. 
See, if your simple prayer of healing doesn't do it, listen. Is there anything else you might be saying? Sometimes there's a dietary change you need to make. See, sometimes something's not good. Sometimes there's a health adjustment you need to do. Uh, sometimes there's chemical exposure you need to get away from. There are, but God will always show you what it is. The failure is never on God's part. He has never lost a battle. I'm not saying we don't, but he wants us to join him over on the winning side. And sometimes we have to work through some things to get there. Matthew 4, 23 and 25 says he healed all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. It was prophesied we would set people in their right minds. We've had visions of people coming in with mental issues, and they are instantly healed. That will happen. That has happened to a degree, but it will happen more. Matthew 12, 15, great multitudes came to him, and he healed them all. Not a few, not some, all. Matthew 8, Luke 4, 40, when the sun was setting, all those who had anyone sick with various diseases brought them to him. And he laid hands on every one of them and healed them. Matthew 8, 16. They brought him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all, all that were sick. That it might be fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. All. Various. It didn't matter what kind of people they were. It didn't matter the nature of the disease. It didn't matter how long they had it. It didn't matter how quickly it came upon them. It didn't matter whether it was acute, subacute, chronic, functional, organic, chemical, systemic, contagious, viral, bacterial, genetic, neurological, accidental, or even mysterious. <laughs> didn't matter. He healed all. Healing is provided in the atonement when he shed his blood. Healing is the children's bread. In 2012, my notes say that I said, I believe the revival to come will not be a prophetic revival. It will be a healing revival. Because my husband had been saying that, and I believe him. (laughs) His other things he said have come to pass. And so that morning, I told the people in Columbia what was in the bookmark. And I'll just run over them quickly for you. God's will is health. There are several scriptural ways to obtain healing. Number one, by believing the word for yourself. This is the highest form of faith. Sometimes it's difficult because of contrary physical circumstances. Train yourself to look at God's word, not the evidence of your five physical senses. Hear the word, receive it by faith, stand on it. You need no further evidence. Number two, by calling for the elders of the church. Elders are men who know how to pray the prayer of faith. A diploma does not qualify someone to be an elder. (laughs) Be sure that the people you call on are men and women of faith. Number three, by praying the prayer of agreement or of binding and loosing. Two believers are in prayer. Jesus is in their midst. We can, the, the forces of heaven and earth are controlled, bound and loose through the power of prayer. Number four, praying the prayer of faith, a very simple form of prayer. It involves more than just saying, heal me, Father. Uh, it's Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you for a manifestation of my healing. I believe I receive it now, and I thank you for it. Faith rejoices before the answer is made manifest. Watch how you pray. Get your attitude straight. Make a point of praying in faith, speaking right words. Number five, by the laying on of hands. By any believer or by special ministries, those with the gift of faith, gifts of healing, working of miracles. Number six, speaking words of faith. The confession of your mouth. It overlaps with point one. When you believe the word for yourself, you will speak words of faith. 
It involves more than just saying, I'm healed, I'm healed a couple of times. <laughs> you have to dedicate yourself and time and effort to renewing your mind so that your mouth says what's in your mind. Not that you're saying things that you don't believe in your head. Both Jairus and the woman with the issue of blood spoke the desired end result. Their words were full of faith. Number seven, by having faith in the name of Jesus. Jesus' name carries all the authority of Jesus himself. When Peter spoke in Jesus' name, it was if Jesus himself was speaking. When we pray in the name of Jesus, we are calling upon his authority. There is no lack. There is a legal right for you to receive what he has said we can do. Number eight, by acting as if the New Testament's true. Accept it as truth. Don't be moved by how you feel. True Bible humility means standing before God in obedience to his word, casting all your care on him. Number nine, by partaking of the Lord's Supper. We can be healed when we partake of the body and blood in remembrance of him when we take communion together. So I said those things and I expounded on each one of them a little bit there in Columbia. I didn't lay hands on anybody. I didn't have an altar call. I just said all those things. All afternoon, we were getting testimonies of people who had received healing just from hearing the bookmark. I did what he said. I didn't do anything special. I didn't operate in healing gifts. I didn't have words of knowledge. I didn't even lay hands on people. I did what he said. Whatever he says to you, do it. And all afternoon, people were healed. There are many ways to receive. In this church, I told you about Cammie's boils. There's too many. I, 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 we have other people to speak. I, I can't go into all the miracles we've seen. Dan had a word of knowledge uh, about someone's back when we were in this building. And Tori, six foot seven, whatever he is, comes up. He goes, I think it's me. Dan prayed for him. He couldn't believe it. He'd had a, a condition for three years. It was gone. Didn't bother him anymore after that. Easy was praying at the Sweetwater location, and Cammie came up for prayer, and a bladder condition she had had for three years that was very difficult left immediately, and while he's praying for her, he pointed to somebody else he had just prayed for. He goes, check your neck. The goiter's gone. They checked, and the goiter that had been there, a lump, was gone. We've had tumors disappear. We, we've had one thing after another. Megan's back last week was healed. I checked with her this week. I go, back still good, still good. Had a little pushback on Monday. I pushed back myself. It's still good. Uh, David, Cammie's husband, ER doctor, highly certified ER doctor, was having symptom after symptom after symptom for months and months. He, one morning he told her, I don't even think I can get to church. I hurt so bad. She goes, after church, we'll get people to pray for us. So the service is over. She goes, David, he goes, I don't need it anymore. In the middle of worship, all the pain left. <laughs> So those are testimonies from over time, but we've got testimonies from last week. <laughs> we've got testimonies from last month. Where's Paul? Where are you? Come up here. You don't always know what's going on here at the altar. When you see people praying, there's victories being had. So a couple of weeks ago, there was, there was actually an altar call, and it wasn't even for healing specifically. It was for baptism of the Holy Spirit. But there was a boy near, here named Alan, and he hurt his ankle at work the day before, I believe. And he came up for prayer for healing. And you know, healing wasn't even on my mind. It wasn't in my radar. I was like, okay, I'm going to pray for baptism in the Holy Spirit. And we're looking for, like, speaking in tongues and things like that. But he comes up, and he says, I have pain in my ankle. And so I pray for him, and I do what I always do. Uh, I speak to the ankle, 
and I say ankle be healed, and we, I thank God for healing, and like, I just thank God for healing and moving in, in his ankle, and I didn't feel any heat, I didn't like feel anything special, I just, I did it, it felt like a normal prayer, and honestly in my head I was like, I don't feel anything happening. I hope he, I hope some, God, I'm like, I hope something happens. So I get up and I say, how does it feel? And he says, he moves in. He says, oh, it feels a little bit better. It feels a little bit better. And that's when I knew I was like, okay, God's, God's healing him right now. So I get down again. I say, can I pray for you one more time? And he says, yes. And the second time I pray for him, he gets healed. And he's like, he starts like moving and like, like doing a little jig of like, oh, it, it feels good. Now it feels good. But it was like, the Lord was moving, even though it wasn't like I didn't, wa- we weren't thinking about healing, but the Lord, it's the Lord's will to heal. It's always his will to heal. <laughs> Amen. That young man, thank you, Paul, is Nayeli's friend. And um, he had not been in a church like ours before. He'd only been to the Catholic church, but he loved to play soccer. And he was upset because he couldn't play soccer. Guess what? The next week he started playing soccer again. He was healed fully and completely. Dan, come on up. Last week, in the middle of service, things are going on. God is moving. God is moving while we worship, but God is moving in our midst in ways we don't always even know it. Tell what happened. Yeah, so last Sunday, whenever I got here in the morning, me and Ariel, who does sound in the back, I was asking how she was doing, and she told me that she had a lot of pain in her ear, and it was so bad that it was hurting her jaw. So we had to get uh, an earplug for her. Uh, but then, you know, I just felt like God wanted me to pray for her. So I prayed for her, and nothing happened. And so, <laughs> and so uh, you know, we're just going to power through the service, going to get the sound to be the best that it can be. And during worship, you know, there was a time when just God was moving and healing, and, you know, it was just a strong word that there's healing in the room. So, you know, I prayed for her. I didn't ask her if anything happened, but I don't, I don't think anything did at the time. And then, uh, okay, yeah, she said it released a little. And so uh, service starts ending, uh, and I have to go to the restroom. So I walk out into the hallway, and I see Ariel, and I see Julia, who's right there, the brunette in the green shirt. She also plays keyboard sometimes. (laughs) And Pastor Allen's girlfriend. So I, I see Ariel's on the ground, and, uh, you know, she's just in pain like this, and Julia's talking to her, and so, uh, you know, Ariel was just explained to her what was happening, and so uh, we just started praying for her again, and so while we were praying, I'm just commanding that the pain to leave, and I just get a thought, spirit of infirmity. So if you don't know what a spirit of infirmity is, it's something that'll come to mimic a pain, and so... Uh, you know, I went and I just said, I just command the spirit of infirmity to leave right now in Jesus' name. And then just kept praying. And then she said, stop. All the pain just left. And so this morning, uh, you know, we were talking and I asked her, like, uh, how's your ear? And she said, well, during the week, you know, it kept trying to come back, but I kept seeking Jesus and it's gone. So praise God. Spirit of infirmity, word of knowledge. You know, when he was in Bible college, he'd post on Facebook healings. He just went around healing, healing people. He just went around asking if you have pain. They go to a restaurant, they ask the waitress, do you have pain? They ask the cash register person, do you have any pain? Let me pray for you. I mean, you can, your healing gift can operate anywhere. 
Alan, so that's not the end to that particular miracle. Right. So uh, a few weeks ago, I started, just, I woke up with pain in my jaw. And it was just right here. It was always very tender. It just kept hurting. And I already had a massage scheduled. So I go to this physical therapist. She's checking me out. And she's like, oh, you have TMJ. And I'm like, TMJ? I've never had TMJ. So she's pushing around. She's like, no, no, you have TMJ. It's tough, right? It's real sensitive. I'm like, well, no, but okay, yeah, okay. So, you know, she does a massage. Well, what's interesting to me is that I caught myself, even though I told her that I didn't have TMJ, and my thoughts were, maybe I do have TMJ and I just don't know it. Maybe it's something new that developed. And so those words kept playing in me, but I had announced to her that I didn't have it. So it just kept happening. It kept occurring. I would wake up just throbbing, and I just kept thinking, well, I guess I have TMJ, but I would, I would not really give fully to that thought. I would just keep kind of thinking, well, maybe it's something new. So after I hear the testimony of Dan and him praying for Ariel, we were going to lunch, and I said, Dan, hey, pray for me. Like, you know, I want you to just pray for me. And I think he was just being kind because, you know, when you have a word of knowledge, <laughs> it works differently, but I, I didn't care. I was like, hey, you've, you've prayed for many people, and they got healed. Go ahead and lay hands on me. So we're driving, and he lays hands on me, and he begins to pray. And he, uh, you know, come against the spirit of infirmity. And I could tell things got kind of looser. Um, and so all of a sudden, it just became clear to me that I had let those words in. So at the same time, I said, I rebuked those words she spoke over me in Jesus' name. And instantly, I was healed. Instantly, the pain went away. I could press. It was no problem. So there's something about agreement, too. Now, it does, it's not always the case because I'm not going to act like every sickness is just you agreed with it. But some things will mimic what is actually not true. And so you have to just d- discern. And I realized it just, it just clicked in me. I'll let those words in. So there's, there's, there's a lot of power in agreement. Amen. Amen. Okay. Clay. You did exactly what God said he was going to do. I got somebody else, but we'll go in that in a minute. Before I pray, I want to talk to you this morning about my favorite subject, faith. (laughs) Faith. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We don't see the healings. We don't see God doing his work. But we know that he's doing it because we feel it. We can tell God is busy at work within us. You know, faith is a substance of things hoped for. Yes, it is. And God says without faith, you can't please him. You can't please me. I want to please God. What am I going to do without God? What am I going to do without Jesus? I need him to help me through these days. We need him to help us through these days. Okay. We have faith. How many of y'all ever seen a mustard seed? It's a little bitty old thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's about like, well, you can't hardly see There's thousands of them in this pack. He said, you just have to have the faith of a grain of a mustard seed. If you want to see that mountain move, just speak to it and it'll do it. He doesn't, God never asked us to have 
the whole world of faith. He has that. When he looked down, one day he looked down and he saw this unbelievable thing down there. God said, I'm going to create something out of it. He did. He created something. He created the world. He created what we're in today. Faith. Don't forget what faith is. You have to have take it with you. You can take faith with you. You don't have to go buy it. You can believe in it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. It's unbelievable. I remember when I had cancer. They looked in there and they said, yeah, we see it. We see that cancer. And he said, we're going to have to go in and operate on it and get it out. You know, I never failed. I never had any fear of dying. I never had any fear of anything happening to me. I had faith in God. So that nurse was there. They were getting ready to go in and operate to take it out. There was a nurse was there. And I said, excuse me, ma'am. Have you ever seen a miracle? She said, well, no, I don't believe I have. I said, you just get ready. You're getting ready to see one. That doctor went in. He looked around. He searched every place in me. Up, down, out, anything he could find. Nothing he could find. It was gone. Then he went in and I had about, about 18 of these little things. What are they called? Lymph nodes. He operated on every one of those. He said, you know what? There's no cancer in one of those. You're completely healed of that. So God, when you have faith in God, you believe God for everything. Today we have faith for other stuff, but today we have faith for healing. I want to see everybody to have faith. I want to see everybody healed. You know, you know God showed me some things last night. I was praying about them. And I'll, I'll explain to them in a minute when it happens to them. But, you know, I cannot do anything without faith. I just can't even get out of bed without faith. You know, because I don't know where I'm going without it. I want to have faith for everything I do. I want to show y'all something. In my Bible, I have a few little samples of things that, you know, that I look up every once in a while. You know, they're getting my way. But years ago, when I was praying, September the 25th, 2004, 7.30 in prayer, God showed me people standing in line on the outside walk waiting to come in to get prayer for healing. That was in 2004 when God showed me that. God showed me some things last night. You know, it's amazing because... Clay came over 
and he asked me to pray for him. God already showed me to pray for him with somebody else. You know, you believe, we have faith, what God for you to do. You take your faith and you can go any place. You take faith and do things. You know, when you see people, I know you're a nurse, right? You've been praying for somebody in your, in your nursing there that they would get saved and they'd get, be able to do some things, hadn't they? Yes. God's going to do that. He's going to show you that. Because they need more healing. They need to be healed more. God has many people in here that he wants you to do things that you're not doing. You just have to have faith to just to step out a little bit. And it'll all come to you. When I first started, I didn't know anything about anything. I'd been going to a church, I just knew about salvation. Never knew anything about healing. But one day, it was all brought to me. The first subject I read about was faith. Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, you can't please God. You know, so we want to have faith to please God. We want to do those things to please God. So this morning, I'm going to ask those guys, my guys, to come back. And we're going to pray for you that want prayer.